listening to Law and Gospel on this Wednesday, April the 20th, in the year of our Lord, 2022. This will be the last broadcast for this week for Law and Gospel, because we have the share and that'll be on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. We'll be back on Monday uh, to talk to you about another Bible verse. But this past week was Holy Week, and we did have an opportunity to talk about, well, a verse or two for Easter, and then we had Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. There was so much being done. Normally on Wednesdays, we're looking through Proverbs, but we're going to wait until next week to continue with that. At this time, I'd like to do one of the readings from Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We had looked at Luke 24. That was where the women were perplexed when they went to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus, and there was no body there. The other reading is from 1 Corinthians 15, but the reading I want to look at is from Isaiah chapter 65. Now, this is a great reading to take a look at in light of the fact that it's part of the Old Testament. But if many people regard Romans as the most theological writing in the New Testament, I would also say that Isaiah is the most theological writing of the Old Testament. And the reading was Isaiah 65, verses 17 to 25. And it wasn't just talking about Easter. It was talking about what we're all looking forward to is the return of Jesus and the creation of a new heavens and a new earth. Here's how it goes, beginning with verse 17. Behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. Now, there's two ways to take a look at this Isaiah chapter 65. The one way is the new heavens and the new earth, really kind of did begin with the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Remember, the first day of creation was a Sunday. And the first day of the resurrection was a Sunday. And that's the new heavens and the new earth to some degree, which is regarded as a holy Christian church, where Jesus came And he had a mission to do, and that was to preach repentance and to share the good news of the gospel. Namely, it was a new covenant, a new agreement God was making with us where our sins were no longer going to be taken care of by our good works, but instead by the good works of Jesus. We've talked a lot about that. So, What I find interesting in this first verse, 17, former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. 
I mean, how many times have you thought, well, when I go to heaven, has there not been a great sin or a number of sins that I've done when I was here on earth? And how can I be in total bliss in heaven when I'm remembering those former sins that I did? I I won't think I'm worthy enough to be in heaven. Well, there's no doubt that you're not worthy enough to be in heaven on the basis of your works. But you are worthy enough to be in heaven on the basis of faith in believing the promises of the holy gospel of Jesus Christ. And that deals with his incarnation, his crucifixion, his resurrection, and, of course, his ascension. All of those have promises to the sinner that sins are forgiven, heaven is our home, and the Father will no longer hold us responsible for our sin. But this verse 17 gives the impression that there will be former things that happened here on earth that will not be remembered or even come into mind. For example, some people say, how can I be in bliss in heaven if when I get there, I discover that perhaps a spouse or a child or a relative or a good friend is not in heaven who I thought was going to be in heaven, but because of unbelief, they're not there. Well, if former things have not come into mind, that will not be a concern of yours. It's just a realm of reality that we have nothing to compare it with here on earth. About the closest you can get to it is nightmares. In other words, I kind of like having nightmares. I had one recently where for some reason I was being chased by somebody who was trying to catch me. And it was just wonderful to wake up. And before long, I had forgot all about the details of it didn't remember it. And yet it was really real when I was dreaming about it. Well, that can be what the new heavens and the new earth are going to be like. Instead of having sadness over things we do remember, verse 18 continues, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create because he just said he's creating a new heavens and a new earth. For behold, and verse 18 explains what he's creating, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. Now, if you go near the end of the book of Revelation, you'll have a picture of the new Jerusalem. The foundation is Jesus Christ. The bricks are the teaching of the apostles and the prophets. And the building is made up by millions and millions of Christians who are part of that holy temple of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And when verse 19, God says, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. How is he going to be glad in his people? Because 
we're going to be kind of like back in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, originally, there was no sin by Adam and Eve. They did many, many good works, and they wanted to do them because of their love for God. Remember, they often had conversations with him in the Garden of Eden. And then when they sinned, the whole universe kind of fell apart. And, of course, they were removed from the Garden of Eden. But again, the book of Revelation shows very clearly that the Garden of Eden, many of its characteristics are found in the New Jerusalem, including the Tree of Life. And it says, God will be glad in his people. No more shall be heard in it, that is, in the new Jerusalem, the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. Why not? Because we weep when things we hope for do not come true, or we grieve over various sufferings, the death of loved ones, etc., none of that will be happening in the new Jerusalem in heaven. In, in fact, as I said, this also is describing what we're living today. For example, the Bible says that those in the church, yes, we do grieve, but not as those who have no hope. So at a funeral of a blessed Christian, yes, we're sad that the person is no longer with us, but we know that his or her spirit is with Jesus, and we will be seeing them again when we go to heaven. So there's no more weeping. There's no more cry of distress in the new Jerusalem. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed. In other words, what's happening here is that the length of time is eternity. Remember, the scripture says, oh, about the average age is 80 years old for a person to live. But when it says 100 years old, now I just seen an individual, I think it was in Russia, and they said that this man was 130 plus years old. Whether or not that's true or not, there's no doubt that that's not at all going to be uncommon when we get to heaven. There is going to be everyone who will fill out all of their days. And 21, they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. Now, this reminds us of the promises that God gave for the church as they went to the land of Canaan. Remember, the land of Canaan was going to be a place flowing with milk and honey and great fruit. They had to eat manna for 40 years in the wilderness, and it fell from the sky 
every day. But as soon as they got into the land of Canaan, the manna stopped because there was plenty of food in the land of Canaan. That's our goal as we reach heaven. Now, I I personally do believe that there will be eating in heaven. I think there's a bunch of Bible verses. We're going to see one of them in this text in a few moments. But Jesus even talks about not drinking again from the cup of wine uh, until he does it so at the marriage feast of the Lamb that will be lasting forever and ever. So I'm not at all concerned that we're not going to have wonderful food in heaven. We're going to talk about what kind of food in a moment, but right now we are talking about the possibility of having vineyards and eating their fruit. It says, verse 22, they shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. Now, what does that mean? Well, this is what happened to the unbelieving Israelites. With uh, Babylonian captivity, they were building homes, but guess what? Enemy would come and inhabit the land. In fact, with the Babylonian captivities, guess what? The entire temple of Jerusalem was brought down to nothing, as what happened in A.D. 70, when Jesus allowed the Romans to come into Jerusalem and destroy the temple. People thought, oh, that could never happen, because Herod had done a wonderful job in expanding the temple and rebuilding it, but now there's a wailing wall. So in heaven, if we were to build houses, we would be the ones inhabiting them. And planting vineyards, we would be eating their fruit. There isn't going to be a devil bringing in other people to steal it from us. Of course, the houses built, remember what Jesus says? I'm going to heaven to prepare for you wonderful mansions. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what we're going to be looking forward to. We will build houses and inhabit them. If we plant vineyards, we will eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Now, I thought work was a curse because of the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. But if we stop and think about it, no, they were still working prior to their fall into sin. They could go around and take fruit off trees, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and eat from it. So that was a form of work. The, the curse of work came that 
what happened with the fall of man into sin, the whole universe kind of fell apart, and all of a sudden there's pain in childbirth, which would not have happened in the Garden of Eden had Cain been born there. And there was also all kinds of weeds and problems when Adam was going to be sowing and doing gardening. So there's no doubt that that was happening, but it wasn't work. It was a joyous occasion, and everything always was working out. So how things were planted and grown in the Garden of Eden we're unaware of because it's not that clear in the Bible how it came about that God could have done everything. But there was no doubt that when they wanted to eat, they had to kind of work to get to it, which was not a curse, but a wonderful time. It would be like telling your kids, well, we'd love to go to McDonald's, but the prices are all high. But it just so happens that this Saturday, all the food at McDonald's is for free. So you kids want to go? Well, yes, they'll want to go. They'll have French fries and milkshakes and cheeseburgers and really enjoy themselves. In fact, when we were on uh, the trip, we stayed overnight at couple of the churches in Illinois for Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. And we had gone to a Burger King, and they were almost out of everything. There was a big sign on the outside, no French fries, no milkshakes, uh, no onions, no onion rings. All kinds of things were missing because they had messed up and not gotten to the truck that brings them their food in time and so they didn't have enough food. So we almost went back there uh, a few days later to see if the food had arrived or not, but uh, we had some food from the church, so we didn't have to stop. At any rate, heaven is not going to be like that Burger King. You're not going to go up to a counter in heaven and, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of food. In a sense, that's a promise for the church, even today. People are not out of food in many places in the world because Christians in churches have food banks where people donate food and others who are poor may come and receive food as free gifts. Well, that's what it's gonna be like in heaven where nothing will be costly. As the Bible says, you'll be able to buy without money. So, the Bible, and this is Isaiah 65. It says, 23, verse 23, they shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Now, remember, here on earth, people have children that either are begotten or adopted, but they die, and they often die 
before the parents die. But in heaven, there will be no bearing of children in order to die. For everyone in heaven will be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. It's a promise given to Abraham that through Isaac, nations would be blessed as well as their descendants. And that came about when Isaac led to King David and led all the way to Jesus, who was the promised Messiah, who had come into the world to save people from their sins. Now, there is a promise here that's very interesting that occurs not only in the new Jerusalem in heaven, but also here on earth in the Jerusalem called the Holy Christian Church. It's in verse 24. Before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. In in other words, call on the name of the Lord. He always hears and he answers to your good. Often when I had youth confirmation, I would say, were you ever praying for something and then received it in the next day or so to your surprise? And the kids will give many examples of that. I I know that happened in my life, that we were short on funding, and all of a sudden we got some funding that we weren't expecting. Now, I, I don't know how, but we were with an insurance company, and there was a suit brought against it, and we ended up with over $500 because we won the court case. And I was unaware that we were even in a court case because there were so many people who had sued the insurance company, but we got a check and that really helped out. Verse 25 is really an interesting verse because if in heaven there is no death, Well, what's going to happen to those animals that eat other animals? I mean, can you imagine that a lion is going to sit down for a meal of vegetables or something like that? No, they eat other animals. Uh, Just go to the television and see these wonderful situations of wild animals in Africa or Asia and how they hunt prey and how that's what they eat. Listen to verse 25. Remember, we're talking about the new Jerusalem. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and dust shall be the serpent's food. Now, isn't that interesting? That a wolf and a lamb, you rarely see 
them eating together or grazing together, which means even the wolf will now be eating straw or plants. And the lion also will not be eating meat, but he'll be eating straw like the ox. In fact, the end of verse 25 says, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. That's a wonderful promise from God and a promise that there will be no death in heaven. And even the animals will be like they were prior, we think to the time of Noah, when they were eating grain and straw and not each other. That's what heaven is going to be like. So you're listening to KFUO and you hear a number of programs beside ours, Law and Gospel. We've been on the air for some 25 years just on KFUO, but we will not be on Thursday or Friday because it's the share And there are a number of other programs that need your support. Law and Gospel is one of those programs that is independent from KFUO. So to support Law and Gospel, we're asking you to write your check specifically to Law and Gospel and send it to the address that you will hear at the end of this program. However, do send checks to KFUO to support programs sponsored by KFUO and not independent from it, such as Law and Gospel, uh, Issues, etc., The Lutheran Hour, and others. So we encourage you to take this opportunity to help out making the message of Jesus Christ known throughout the world during not only the share but also in your giving to law and gospel. I'm Tom Baker. As I said, we will not be heard until Monday when we will be doing another lesson for the third Sunday of Easter. Every morning, Monday to Friday at 9.30, God willing, we can give that message. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.